My name is Scott Challoner, and you are listening to the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of this program will know well, part of our mission here at the Leaders Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on today's program by Robin Bailey, storytelling and leadership coach, who runs his own coaching business, more information on which can be found via his website, robinbailey.com. Robin, it's an immense pleasure welcoming you onto the show with us today. And thank you, of course, for joining us. It's my pleasure, Scott. It's a real pleasure for us having you on the program as well, Robin. Um, Now, of course, your specialism lies in sort of storytelling and leadership coaching. Um, Now, before delving into sort of that career pathway, I understand that some of your background was actually in the uh, the media industry, having sort of worked in advertising and television for a good number of years. And obviously, after that, you decided to embark on this sort of new road. I was wondering what kind of motivated you to sort of see that career change. And if anything, what work in that industry actually taught you about storytelling? Because I suppose working in television, it probably taught you quite a lot, didn't it? Yes, that's exactly right, Scott. I mean, all of my career from advertising in the 1980s, 1990s, uh, through to working in television, it was all about storytelling and what I the way I came to transition if you like from that that world to the world that I'm in now it's essentially because I wasn't telling the stories that were of any interest to me you know in advertising your I mean I work I've said this I, I work with a lot of advertising agencies but in my for my case I was not working on anything I particularly believed in. When I worked in television, I worked for Fox Kids, which became Jetix, which became Disney. And it was an extraordinary job. But essentially, my job was was to launch TV channels. But I was never given the wherewithal to do what I really wanted to do, you know, to do it well. Mm. And I was, my job essentially was to make inordinately rich people even richer. And I remember being, I was uh, talking with um, my my programs director and he was saying that he went to go and see the head honcho, the chief executive of the organization. And this guy was looking through the schedule and going, yeah, you've got a good channel here. It's really good. And the program director was nodding and smiling and saying, oh, thank you very much. Went, I didn't say that as a compliment. Mm. There are too many programs. Cut it out. So no one cared about what it was that we did. Nobody cared about the children that supposedly we were serving, the parents that we were serving. It was just a money-making operation. And I think that most people, well, I know now, having done uh, storytelling and, and uh, leadership coaching for the last, well, most of the last 10 years, I know that most people, they want to believe what they're, what they're doing. They want to understand the benefit, how what they do benefits other people, how it benefits society, and indeed how it has a positive influence on, on you. And I didn't think, 
any of that was true for me. And funny enough, I was I was on holiday um, in South America, and I was on a flight from Santiago in in Chile to mm. Buenos Aires in in Argentina. And I found myself sitting next to a guy called Carlos Rodriguez, who was a Brazilian who worked in climate change. Uh, and he was an advisor for the Chilean government. And so, of course, he was very interested in, in storytelling and, uh, of, to the point, a very important subject, i.e. climate change. So he had a very clear idea about what it was that he was doing. And he asked and why he was doing it. And he asked me what it was that I did. I said I worked in kids' TV. And um, and he was with some of his kids at the time. And he went, oh, wow, that must be amazing. And I was kind of on my way home to go back to work. I said, no, it's not amazing. It's awful. And then I had a good rant about why it was so dreadful and why I really didn't enjoy it. And when we got to Buenos Aires and I went to get a different plane, he went off to, to go where he was going. He gave me his email and he said, write to me when you've changed your story. Write to me when you've found a story that you want to tell. Mm. So that's essentially why I made the change because I realized that when we sit next to people on a train or on a plane and they say, what it is, what's your story? And you don't like the story that you've got to tell, then you've got to change it. And that's now what I do for other people. I help them find the story that they want to tell, be it they, their own personal story, the story of their project, the story of their team, the story of their organization, the story of their industry, and how to communicate that. And that's ultimately, I think, what we all want to do. We want to communicate what we believe in. It's a really fundamental human need. It absolutely is, isn't it? And um, I think it's fair to say, therefore, that in this sort of context, if we look at it that way, um, storytelling and leadership are intrinsically kind of linked together, aren't they? And uh, what we actually can do as leaders is solve real problems in the workplace through storytelling. How actually do we go about sort of doing that, Robin, from your point of view? Well, yeah, I'm glad that you made that association between storytelling and leadership because I see them as pretty much the same thing. If you are leading, then you need to be the storyteller. You need to be able to tell a story that your audience can believe in, can see themselves in. And if you are, so if you're wanting to lead, you need to be able to tell stories. And if you're telling stories or if you're giving a presentation, you're giving a speech, it is an act of leadership. So if you're standing up at a conference speaking to 5,000 people or you're speaking to uh, somebody like you, Scott, on a podcast, listen mm. to mil by millions, of course, um, it's, it's about leadership because at, when you are speaking, you are focusing the attention. You're leading the thought processes of everybody who is listening to you at that time. So storytelling 
sorry, leadership is about meaning making. And the way that we may make meaning is by telling stories. So they're very much tied in together. And so I work with individuals and with teams to help them find their stories and to help them tell those stories. But I also do leadership coaching where it's people who, leaders who want to get better at leading, leaders who want to step up to get to the next level. And in that case, not always, but very often I'll see, I'll coach from the point of view of the story. Um, so I'll ask the question, well, what story are you telling the world at the moment? What story are you telling yourself? What story do you want to be telling? What stories, what story do you want to be able to tell? And that is, you know, leaders, what they're looking for, essentially they're looking for meaning in their own career and they need that so that they can create meeting, meaning for the people that they uh, that work for them. And so that's, does that make sense? That's mm. why I see them pretty much in the same, uh, in, the, in the same bucket as it were. Mm. And for me, I mean, obviously some people are specifically looking for how to, they've got a story and they just want to make it zing more. They want it, not want it to uh, come alive. Um, but generally I, I see these, these two skills and they are skills. They're not necessarily things that we're born with. I mean, a good, a good example of this is, is Churchill, you know, who mm. many people venerate as uh, our greatest orator and storyteller. And what people don't necessarily know is the first time he started off as a liberal. MP, and the first time he appeared in the chamber, and he was due to be giving his maiden speech in the House of Commons. And he, I think, he knew the speaker, so the speaker said, "I'll give you a nod when it's your turn." And he gave the young Winston Churchill a nod, and Winston Churchill stood up and ran out. He was so terrified. So. Public speaking, storytelling, presenting, these are all things that we can learn. Obviously, Winston Churchill learned, and um, and it's the same with, with leadership. Yeah, certainly. And um, obviously, when it comes to storytelling, I suppose there are probably ways to tell a good story, aren't there? And one anecdote that you sort of used, or metaphor rather, Robin, actually, is... Uh, actually using climbing a mountain as a metaphor to how to tell a good story. So what are the ingredients that kind of go into that sort of that relate to that particular metaphor, would you say? So if we just take a step back, Scott, to why we might want to tell stories, ultimately it's to create a connection with our audience. And why do we want to create a connection with our audience? We want to create a connection so that we can develop a relationship with that audience, no matter who they are or how numerous they are. We want to create a relationship so that they can be persuaded by us 
to whatever point of view it is that we're saying. If we're selling ourselves, if we're selling our organization, if we're selling a project, if we're wanting them to rethink something, we want them to think in a different way, we want them to do something, we want to sign a, pet- uh, a petition or do something. That's, there's always a purpose or there should always be a purpose to, to speaking. And storytelling is a very good way of, of doing that. And one of the reasons for that is that it a- appeals to people's emotional selves. And because that's how people make decisions. So if you can get to the emotional part of people's brains, then they're much more likely to make the, the kind of decision that you want them to make. I mean, you know the old joke, what's the difference between uh, my opinion mm. and a pizza? Well, at some point, you might possibly want a pizza, right? So if I can tell you a story, it means that you are given the opportunity to come to my conclusion. So I'm literally putting thoughts in your head. And you can see this is done in a positive way. It's also done in nefarious ways. And I was when I was in the U.S. a couple of years ago, just after Trump came to power, mm. obviously it's not my job to talk about politics of another country. You know, it's not, I'm not uh, an American and it's always dangerous to talk about politics anyway. But, so I didn't mention anything, but at the end of this two-day storytelling course I was leading, they, they said to me, we now get it. We now understand why this is so important because the, the good people need to be telling stories. The bad people have always been good at storytelling. So the, the, the people who want to change the world for the better need to get better at it. And you can see this time and time again. I mean, since I've started talking about politics, I'll continue. So this isn't to make any judgment one way or the other, because I know people have got mm. very well held and well thought through reasons. But my personal belief is why, say, Brexit got through was because it was a much more compelling argument. Take back control. That's a complete story in itself. It's very similar to Donald Trump's. Uh, because, I mean, if I was to ask you what his slogan was for the election, you could tell me straight away, right, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. Make America great again. Hmm. Okay. Again, another perfect story. And in the same, in, in both those, take back control and make America great again. The story is this. Once everything was great, then everything went to hell. But now we have a, an opportunity. If you come with me, we can go back to the place where we deserve to be. So both of those are the brilliant encapsulation of a story that is being told. So let me ask you another question, Scott. What was Hillary Clinton's campaign slogan when she ran in 2016. And there is obviously the, uh, the the key thing because I genuinely couldn't tell you what it was uh, because there, there was just nothing to it, was there? Do you know how many slogans she had? Um, did she actually have any of them? She had 82. 82. Goodness gracious. And you can't remember any of them. And... Whenever I ask that question of people, no mm. one can tell me. 
I mean, I've, I've, I've read them several times and I, I still can't remember putting family first or I can't even remember what they were. They were just, they didn't tell anything. They didn't tell any story. Mm. And if you want to change people's mindset, if you want people to change people's behavior, people's actions, you need to be able to tell them a story because ultimately your audience need to be able to see themselves in your story if they are going to want to fit within it. And that's what we're wanting to do. So I went off with a bit of a tangent. and I can't remember what the question was you asked me now. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, with regards to sort of going back to that metaphor about um, sort of oh, climbing yeah. a mountain, um, I think it would be good to touch on what makes a good story what what kind of makes a story compelling in that sense sure okay so ultimately there, there are lots of storytelling models but essentially they are all the same they're all about where we are now and where we want to get to and by the way we can we can uh, the, the timeline here can fit. It could be where we were and where we are now or where we are now and where we want to get to. But you get the point. Basically, you get going from point A to point B. Mm. And all storytelling models, I mean, the hero's journey, which is probably the most well-developed one. Um, and ironically enough, that's based on Joseph Campbell's book, Hero of Thousand Faces. And it is the the touchstone of storytelling models is the, is the daddy of all, of, of all storytelling models. But the book is unreadable because it's not a story. So, uh, and often when I, I talk about Hero's Journey, I see people writing it down. I say, you can write it down. And then it's, it's an interesting tale. I've got it in my bookshelf, but I've never been able to read it because it's, it's not a story. Um, so it's basically A to B. And then, what all stories need, they need A to B being difficult to achieve. So if you imagine any film, I mean, I know rom-coms are a good one. So Notting Hill, or you could make it any, any rom-com because they're all basically the same. You know, boy meets girl, girl meets boy. Ultimately, you know what's going to happen is that boy and girl meet, uh, get together at the end. But in between times there's all kinds of compelling reasons as to why they can't be together mm. and so that's what makes a story compelling is getting in the way phil redmond who is behind brookside and a number of uh, british soaps he said that storytelling is all about uh, delayed gratification and this is i mean if you look at brilliant storytelling on screen, for example, you've got you know, Breaking Bad, which is one of, one of the most highly rated TV programs of all time. Mm. The reason why it was so good is because the journey was so torturous and so difficult. And you go from you know, a pillar of society, a science teacher who's beloved and respected by anyone, everyone, to a... A, a, a kingpin narco, you know, you could hardly ask for a greater arc of a, a character development. And so, in terms of a business story, because I'm imagining most of your listeners are going to be in in the business business realm, mm. then 
so if you're talking about the launch of a product, yes, okay, we want to understand what was successful about that process, but what's more interesting is what the challenges were, what you had to overcome to get the product through. So if you were going, you're testing it, well, tell us what you were testing for and, and, and how it didn't work out, all the kind of, the kind of yes, but so we we decided this is what we wanted to do, and so we we tried this, and ah, it didn't work. It kind of nearly did, but didn't. And then we said so we tried this, and then that that kind of worked, but didn't quite. And so it's those bits in the middle. That's what makes the story really compelling. So tell me what was most challenging, what you had to overcome, and then that is when I, as a listener, will see we'll, we'll be able to go on a journey with you and so it's like, oh gosh yeah i can imagine how frustrating would that be if you've been working on that for months and all of a sudden your computer crashes and it's wiped so you have to begin again and then as a consequence of that da, 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 so all the, I'm, I'm living despite i might not have been in your field i can relate to what it is that, that you're talking about because it's a difficulty so so first of all, know where you're starting from. Know what the problem is you're trying to solve. Then where is it? What, what's the better place that you're trying to take your audience to? And then take it on a journey to connect those two things together. And that was the analogy which, one of the analogies I, I use is, is climbing a mountain. So if I say, Scott, Okay, it's a beautiful day. Let's go and climb up the mountain. So we know where we're going. So it's kind of handy. We may decide, incidentally, along the way that maybe this isn't the right mountain to be going up. Maybe we should try climb that mountain instead. But you need to know where you're going to start off with. Also, we need if I'm going to come and pick you up so we can go and climb the mountain, I need to know where you are. So part of the, the point A, the beginning of the story is we must be able to connect ourselves with our audience. And that's where we're talking about the, the status quo, what we can all agree on, mm. the problem that we want to, the connection that, that we want to solve. And then the going up a mountain is, it's not just, oh, well, you know, we we got to the mountain, we saw there was a cable car, and so we'd gotten the cable car, we went right to the top, and it's great. That's not a very compelling story. But if we we start on the journey, and then when we're only half an hour in, and you think, yeah, my, my, I'm getting really bad blisters, what can I do? So how do we overcome that? And then we get lost, and then how do we overcome that? And then you're running out of water, how do we overcome that? All of a sudden, it becomes a more compelling story a more compelling journey that i'm taking you on and it's really important often in stories i mean for example i've never been a chemistry teacher i've also never been a drug dealer right mm. but you can relate to that story because they're human it's like okay I'm, I've, I've, I've got the situation and i'm tempted by that they're human reactions go back to notting hill you know, we've all been in love. We've all wanted something we know we, we're never going to get, or we're in a situation where we're just accepting. All of these things we can relate to. And all of these uh, stories, films, TV programs, or indeed business, 
stories, they're all things which we can relate to because they relate to human emotion. And that is ultimately how we, the audience, are going to judge what we're hearing and make our decisions because that's how the human mind works. Exactly right. It's how much you can relate to something, isn't it? And I suppose this is what makes storytelling, I guess, so effective in actually shaping the stories of others, doesn't it? Um, Storytelling and story shaping, they're actually also linked together as well, aren't they? Well, they are. I mean, people talk about, I mean, I think you're also a journalist, aren't you? You, you? you write as well, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. So people talk about all writing being editing. So you've, you've got to put words down or put words uh, out there, but then it's the shaping and making it all more compelling. So how can the story be more compelling? And very often it's about raising the stakes by bringing an element of FOMO by... Um, if, if we don't do this, what would the cost be? Um, so, yeah, it's all about, I mean, for example, um, the A to B thing is, I think, useful because we're all A to B. I mean, a plan mm. is A to B, but that's a really direct route. It's not particularly interesting, but we need plans, right? Okay, so... What are we going to do? We're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. Okay, great. We know what we now we need to do, but it's not very compelling. I'm not going to be able to remember it particularly. But with storytelling, it's, it's making that plan into something that's more interesting and memorable that people can then act on, which is ultimately what everybody wants their audience to do. They want to hear, be compelled by, to remember and then to act on what they're saying. And this is why getting emotional buy-in and connection of your audience is so important. Because if you're, I'm going to give you an example. Um, I was listening to some of the people who you've been interviewed uh, on this podcast previously. Um, And one of the people who I thought was most compelling was Mike, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name, Legastic. Yes, Mike Legassi, yes. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I mean, his field isn't one that is particularly high on on my radar. It's about financial planning and um, helping people get the most out of, out of their money. So I'm not looking for anybody in that field, but if I were, I'd call him because he, throughout his interview with you, he used metaphors, he used examples, he used stories. And so I remember, you know, he talked about the stock exchange is a bit like playing with the yoga, walking upstairs. Mm. He talked about how uh, investing is also a bit like a roller coaster. There are going to be times when you're upside down and that is not the right time to get out because you've got to really hurt yourself. And he also used the metaphor of uh, a little story about turkeys. You know, everything is absolutely perfect until the 23rd of December. Um, we talked about Warren Buffett and, and the, the no one wants to get rich slowly. You see, all the things I can remember instantly because what he was doing, he was telling little stories. And I said earlier on that stories is a kind of loaded. Um, mm. And it's a bit like if somebody says to you, go on, tell me a joke 
Or if in fact you say to somebody else, I'm going to tell you a joke now. So automatically the barriers go up because you're thinking, oh my God, he's going to tell me a joke and it probably isn't going to be very funny. I'm going to have to laugh and I'm going to not be very good at faking laughter. And it's all, it's a bit like that with storytelling. Oh, I'm now going to tell you a story. And so automatically your the kind of the barriers go up. So you're making you're making life really difficult for yourself by telling people you're going to tell them, tell them a story. Why not just tell them? And also, you can take the sting out of it by if you replace the word story by with the word example or illustration. And uh, that's what Mike did really, really well. Mm. He had some points which are on the surface of it quite kind of dry technical points, but he made them interesting because he gave us an example. He gave us ways we could create an emotional connection to what he was saying. And so I can now remember and I could act on that now, you know, way after I I listened to to his interview. So that essentially is what I help people do. I mean, I work a lot with people in Silicon Valley, people in tech and pharma and things like that. You know, and, and their world is their world is all about data. And I've heard people say, "Oh, I'm, this is all very well, but um, you know, we deal in data. We don't really have time for storytelling." And and then they understand the difference that it can make. I mean, there's somebody I was working with, and they said oh, exactly that: uh, we don't have time for storytelling. And then by the end of the same of the same day that we were on, Kane said, I'm now going to go back and I get everybody in my office to do this because it really makes a difference. And somebody from the same training went on to give a speech at um, some medical conference. And by coincidence, I met someone else who was at that conference. And she said, every single person who was on the conference, they were all the same, all the Mm. same. They all had bar charts. They all had, pie charts, they had data after data after data after data after data and no one stood up. Everybody just did the same thing. And she said, there was this one woman, she came on and she just put up a one slide. This one slide was a molecule and she told us the story of the molecule. And she said it was way better than anybody else at the entire conference because it stood up, it was different. And because she took the audience on a journey and what the kind of life cycle of this molecule and what the effect that the drug she was uh, talking about, the, the impact that it had on that molecule, it meant it was relatable to people because it was something that they could understand. That's the thing, isn't it? When you are a leader or you are a business that deals solely in data and deals solely in numbers, you, it's difficult to make that relate to people so this is where the storytelling skill comes in isn't it it makes all of that translatable and relatable and it makes people engage with you doesn't it i mean that's that's the whole point behind it exactly i mean you know right at the beginning i was saying that leadership is meaning making right Mm. and storytelling is a very effective way of making meaning well you know data ones and zeros percentages, they mean nothing unless you can make them mean something. And that's your leadership and that's your storytelling. It's just in just in there. So okay, so you've got this 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 data and it tells you that, you know, such and such is thirteen percent. Well 
gives a comparison. What's the A? What was before? And what's it gone to? What's the what's the contrast? What's the difference? What does that mean? So, for example, I don't know. A, a few years back, I was listening and I heard uh, a report on the radio about a earthquake in Mexico City, and it gave very very precise details and said it was a 7.7 on the Richter scale and the epicenter was 135 kilometers southeast of Mexico City and blah, 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 right? So, okay, facts are good. I'm not saying that facts aren't important. They are. But it was later in the day when I spoke to a friend of mine in Mexico City. He said that he was in a taxi when it, it hit. And he was looking at a woman sitting on a park bench and he saw her folding up a newspaper and walking off when the when the um, the earthquake hit. And she said all he said all of the the windows in the surrounding skyscrapers shattered and it they all fell on a, on the bench exactly where it was that she'd been sitting. So all of a sudden, we've got a visceral connection to what that meant. And, you know, I could go on about different examples of stories that people have told me. So all of a sudden, you're bringing it to life and you, you're understanding what that meant. It's, not, it's no longer just 7.7 on the Richter scale, which doesn't really mean anything. But, okay, so that meant that skyscrapers lost all their windows. You know, so it's what, what do the figures mean? As leaders, as storytellers, that's your job is to find out what it means to your audience so that they care and then that they can therefore change their mindset or change their actions in a way that you believe they should. Exactly right. And I suppose as well, when it comes to leadership, storytelling is so important in getting people to go on that journey with you, isn't it? And in a difficult environment for recruitment right now. I suppose it's going to be mm -hmm. one of the most um, sort of sought after and in demand skills, isn't it? Being able to entice people on board because, you know, this is the journey we're going on. I'm telling you that this is the journey we're going on in this um, fantastic sort of um, story that you've come up with. And that gets them to go on that journey with you. And they say, don't they, that the best leaders bring people with them. And storytelling is probably one of the key sort of elements behind that. Completely. I mean, imagine you're, you're going for an interview and especially at the moment, as you say, when there is such high, such, such great competition for, for talented people. So you're going to be going to several interviews with several different organizations. Your job as the interviewer is to tell a compelling story about what it is you're trying to do because as I said before it's people want to be able to see themselves in the story that you're telling so what is it you're trying to do why is it you're trying to do it what's important about that what's the meaning how do, how is that going to affect the industry how is that going to affect uh, the wider community how is that going to affect all the people who work so is that if you're interviewing me for a job, I want to understand what what my job would mean. Why would why would I why would I care? Why would I be enticed to get up in the morning to go to an office or to log on, whatever it might be, 
you've got to you've got to make it mean you've got to make it mean something. So yeah, it's a, I think it's a good point you make that you know in any in any business communication we're selling something right, but that is mm. more important now than ever when there is such such uh, great competition for for people to join organisations. People have to sell those organisations. They do. That's exactly right. And it is a challenging environment for leaders to do that. And this is why, of course, so many are now looking um, for obviously these sorts of skills. And um, in your view, um, Robin, actually, um, I do want to kind of talk about um, what the immediate future sort of has in store for yourself before we do wrap up on the show today, because part of your role is going to be sort of helping this generation of leaders harness those skills and succeed in this quite challenging environment. So what are you sort of personally hoping to achieve on that front in this sort of next 12 months or so just before we, we finish up on the show today? Be interested to find out. In the, in the coming months, I've got a lot of work now getting booked up, not just in the UK, but around the world. Mm. But wherever I'm working, what I'm really keen to help people do is to allow themselves to be personally, emotionally connected to the stories that they're telling, to the leadership which they are uh, demonstrating to whoever their audience might be. And everybody wants to get better at connecting to their audience. That's what I've discovered. People who have done TED Talks, people who are brilliant communicators, they want to get better. People who are just starting up in their kind of in their management career, they want to get more confidence. They want to get better at communicating, and this is where I I want to reach more people, help them to create a more meaningful connection with their audience, so that they can have the influence which they want to have on the world. It's an incredible mission and a very enlightening one as well. And I've certainly found it immensely interesting welcoming you onto the program to talk about storytelling today and the real art behind that. And um, obviously for anybody else uh, tuning in and listening into this show, I mean, if you have your own story, of course, to tell us here on the Leaders Council podcast, then you too can apply to be on our program via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Um, of course, our guest today has been Robin Bailey. Thank you ever so much, of course, for taking the time to join us on the show. And I certainly would love to reconnect in future on this, uh, Robin, because, you know, I think it'd be interesting to kind of see how the leaders today in business, in any sector, really, actually start to really embrace storytelling as a real skill for the future. Because I think what we have established is it's going to be very, very important for success, be whatever the context may be. Thank you very much indeed. It's been my pleasure. It's been fantastic. And you have been listening to the Leaders Council podcast today with your host, uh, Scott Challoner. And if you did want to find out a little bit more about our guest today, Robin Bailey, the best port of call, of course, would be robinbailey.com. I believe that's the correct one, isn't it, Robin, for people looking for, for additional information? It is. And I should also say that my, my surname is spelled slightly differently to the way that it usually is. It's R-O-B-I-N, Robin, mm-hmm. Bailey, B-A-Y. L-E-Y.com. Absolutely. To all of our listeners tuning into the show today, do take care and goodbye.